Welcome to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C. Hello and welcome back. I'm Sarah, the founder of Command-C, and today I'm here with Tiffany, a tech lead here. Hey, Tiff. Hi, Sarah. Today, we are going to discuss the single most cost-effective tool when embarking on a web development project, large or small, the technical discovery process. The larger in scale a project, the higher the risk and the more potential for ROI. So the point that we want to dissect and discuss and drive home today is that anytime there's a technical challenge, starting with research and discovery is critical to the success of the project. I think it's worth taking a moment to define what we mean by discovery. Our discovery process, for example, is tailored very specifically to each project, but it does consist of some pretty standard components that are all established in order to create a clear and concise definition of the problem. In tandem to that, we work to create a comprehensive list of constraints and requirements. Only when we've defined all of those elements, the problems, the constraints, and any requirements after that, can the natural conclusion of this process, which is a proposed solution, take shape. I think it's really important to identify where a merchant is coming from on any kind of project, whether it's a big one or a small feature addition. The person who's in charge, the e-commerce manager, is tasked with coming up with a solution to a technical challenge. Um, They may not necessarily know the answer, and and in fact, we prefer that they don't come to us with a solution because defining the problem is such an important part of discovery. Mm -hmm. The biggest challenges with this are, are kind of twofold. One, the person usually knows, the e-commerce manager knows a ton about their business, but it can be really difficult to come at the project with a truly open mind about what's possible. There are a lot of preconceived notions based on the platform that they currently have that lend to sort of boxed in thinking. Yes. And what I've observed is that part of this is that we tend to work with businesses that have been established for some amount of time, right? So um, more so than we're working with startups, we're working with businesses that are um, coming from an existing piece of software and trying to optimize that piece of software. And what's really important to for us to understand about that particular merchant mindset is that they're typically coming in with very limited beliefs about what's possible based on that last piece of software that they're, they've been using. Exactly. And one of the things that we commonly bring to the table during discovery is a request for a list of frustrations. Um, and something that's always kind of interesting for me to learn from a development perspective are the things that I know must be frustrating, but have been so baked into the process for so long that that's, you know, it is what it is at this point. And, and no one's thinking of them as frustrations. And a discovery process allows us to find those, get at the root of those problems, and then propose solutions to potentially problems that 
you know, you weren't aware of, they weren't a part of the overall project to begin with, but now they're able to be solved. Mm-hmm. I think a, a second thing that's really, <laughs> that's really kind of the elephant in the room. And, and that has to do with the fact that the, the e-commerce manager, the person in charge of, of selecting the solution is probably doing a bit of a tightrope walk around money. Um, mm-hmm. They've been given a budget, the budget may have been assigned by folks within the organization who may or may not understand the complexity of the problem. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I know it's <laughs> it's not an easy thing to talk about, but it's it's a, a big factor in in these things. So, um, what we see quite frequently is a project that is more defined by both budget and preconceived notions about the solution than it is about the problem at hand. That is not to say that there is no place for budget, right? Like, obviously, you cannot run a successful business without one. But even when there is a budget at hand, or I'll go so far as saying a very constrained budget at hand, the worst and the most costly endgame solution is that you've invested both time and significant money into a platform that has a significantly shortened shelf life and or creates more inefficiencies than it was intended to solve. What we're really getting at here, I think, is that there are a lot of merchants who immediately understand and grasp the need for an upfront discovery because of all these reasons they, that we've outlined. Even if the discovery process reveals that budget is the most important constraint, we can work from that. We can use that constraint to craft the solution. But conversely, there are a lot of merchants who are, are sort of really ready to make the argument that it's a it's a time and money savings to bypass discovery, that they understand the project, that they need a developer to just build them something, that we need to move fast, break things, get it to market, go, go, go. Um, this is obviously, based on this entire discussion, not our preferred uh, path forward. We really think that technical discovery is vital, whether it happens as a standalone process at the beginning of a project or whether it happens sort of um tandem and and in part as a first phase of the overall project, it has to get done. It must absolutely be completed in order for the project to be successful. Yeah. The other piece to this that I see being a real challenge and a roadblock time and time again is that the e-commerce manager understands the need for discovery, but they run into difficulties when trying to get their CEO or their manager on board. Um, oftentimes, you know, we always try to get that person, those higher ups par- to be part of these conversations about discovery because it is, it can be a difficult point to convey and convince someone if you're not a development team, right? If you're, if you're not in touch with these things, The discovery process that we've so carefully outlined that we put together really evolved for us out of years of doing rescue work. We found that projects where the initial research phase was kind of bypassed, whether due to lack of understanding or, you know, an urgency to get something completed on a deadline or or in budget, um, when we took on projects like that, we were repeating, repeatedly running into challenges where the client or the merchant would come to us as a development team and say, oh, we forgot to tell you, but we need this. And 
it oftentimes is not a simple, no problem, we'll plug it into the outside and move forward. In those cases, the answer from us has almost always been, sadly, we would have built this a whole lot differently if we had known. And then all of a sudden, the original budget is completely out the window. The lifespan of the solution has been dramatically shortened. And quite honestly, nobody's happy at that point. Ah, it breaks my heart. Okay, speaking of breaking, let's break here. In segment two, we're going to come back and talk through three bullet points you can use to make the case to your team about why the discovery process is so imperative. You're listening to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C, a development team that saves e-commerce retailers from outdated tech and ineffective operations, with a strong focus on Magento and Shopify+. Plus. You can learn more about how we help at commandc.com. All right, welcome back. We want to take the second half of this episode and talk about some tips that you can use to make the case for the discovery process to your higher ups. First and foremost is mitigating risk. I think we really addressed this in the first segment. Um, and I mentioned this a couple of times, you know, getting 100 hours into a project and then learning something new that would require us to re-engineer something that's already been built or learning something new at the point in time when your team receives the project and someone who hadn't been a part of the early discussion sees it for the first time and realizes that an important part of their day-to-day operations is not addressed by the solution that we've come up with. Um, there's also just the fact that sometimes projects hit a brick wall. Things that seemed possible um, due to other constraints are now no longer possible. And and what's really nice about the discovery process, and I I always have to remind myself, like I have such a, as a developer, I have such a like concern about this. Although I love problem solving, hitting walls is no fun for anybody. And, and that concern comes through a lot in my in my discovery process, when when we're really learning, I have to remind myself that it's okay if we hit a brick wall in discovery. It's preferable for us to find those walls in discovery. Mm-hmm. We find all the ways that don't work so that at the end of the day, we're proposing a solution that is going to meet your needs. Yeah, fantastic point. The second point that is perhaps the most compelling is return on investment. So the discovery process is an upfront investment, both in time and money. But keep in mind that it will always be at a fraction of the cost of the larger project. So thinking through that larger investment, the build, right? In e-commerce, we have seen small, subtle shifts in approach either generate or save literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the stakes are very high here. If we can discover the items that have that kind of potential early on in the process, be it a feature, a platform choice, or other site optimization, the impact can be massive. Rushing through a scope of work just to get the project underway, I mean, time and time again, we see these things that that are just so easily missed. Old thinking and self-prescription leads to less than ideal results. So one of the things that I think about often is when a client comes to us saying, you know, have you done XYZ feature implementation before? I 
am constantly having a, an internal dialogue with myself when we get this question. And I completely understand where the client is coming from, right? Like their jobs are on the line. They want to ensure that their recommendation for the firm they're going to work with is going to be a sound recommendation. And that ultimately, like the firm is going to do it right the first time and they have the chops to do it. So I completely empathize with where they're coming from and get how much is on the line. But the irony of that question is that it is just not the reality of our world. We literally have never, ever, ever built the same exact thing twice. If we were, we would be building widgets, right? We would always be bringing the same old thinking to new problems and the solution would never change or improve. And that is the crux of it. We're incredibly intentional about learning from what we did the last time and improving upon it. We always try to bring this philosophy of of new thinking. And new thinking requires time and space and research and investigation. So it's the old old thinking that defines solutions that aren't optimized. <laughs> I don't think anyone can see me nodding emphatically, but that's what I've been doing for the last couple of minutes. <laughs> I couldn't have said that better. It's one of my absolute favorite things about working in tech in general and in e-commerce specifically. Yeah. One other point that, you know, with regards to return on investment that I really want to drive home is that we are very rarely just looking at one tiny component of the larger business operation, right? We tend to to be very holistic, both in our approach and the scope of work that we're doing. So what it's, it's rare that what we're building or proposing exists in a vacuum. Um, in other words, you know, we're not just talking about optimizing for front-end conversions, right? In the discovery process, we're talking to all of your different departments, right? Customer service, fulfillment, the design team. If we are allowed to have those kinds of conversations, we may be able to identify and build in optimizations that save their them time they, that improves upon their workflow that perhaps automates tasks that previously they were doing three times manually. Um, we have one client who reported a 20% time savings for their customer service team from an optimization that we made after working through the discovery process with them. The project wasn't just about improving things for their customer service team. The project was a full e-commerce build, but we discovered this one aspect where we could make an impact and the result was massive. So if we think about, you know, both those kinds of optimizations in the context of the longevity of the platform, it's very difficult to quantify (laughs) the kind of revenue saving or um, increasing that we're talking about here. But As a very simple example, let's just say you have to rebuild your platform every three years, and each time it's at a cost of $100,000. And now that doesn't factor in your annual investment for optimization and maintenance at all. Um, Assuming you're in business for 20 years, which sounds crazy in today's day and age, but assuming so, your overall investment in the platforms alone, rebuilding the platforms alone, is is more than $600,000. 
If you can get an additional year, and that's being super modest, out of your platform because it's serving your needs and it's well-optimized, we are looking at a cost savings of over $150,000 over the time that you're in business. That $150,000 in comparison to the few thousand dollars and a little bit of extra time in the grand scheme of things that you're spending on the discovery process all of a sudden becomes a complete no-brainer. The technical discovery, I mean, it's clear, really makes great business sense, um, you know, from a financial perspective, both because it optimizes your spending initially, but also, you know, as Sarah, I think as you just explained, it's it's really allowing you to get the most out of your overall investment in the long term and build over build, you're going to continue to see that return. There's one other kind of key point that I, I think is important to bring to the table when we're talking about reasons uh reasons for technical discovery. Uh, And it's the unification of approach. Sarah touched on it a little bit, but sort of making sure that all of the stakeholders are at the table at the right time. And that includes the development team, that the development team is having conversations with the real life folks on your team who have to, you know, be on the ground dealing with the tools that we're building for you every single day. It just allows us to get all of the pieces of the puzzle together early on, and it opens up lines of communication. So, you know, as I alluded to earlier, we're not getting to the end of the project and learning that there's this whole other arm of the business that needs to be accounted for. Absolutely. That unification is is so key um, and, and eliminates a lot of potential for miscommunication down the line as well. So to summarize, the three key points to um, why the discovery process is so imperative are mitigating risk, return on investment, and unifying approach. And with that, I think we have to wrap up our, our episode. But um, you know, this is such a meaty topic and and I appreciate you delving into it with me, Tiff. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again for another episode of ReCommerce.